All right. What's up, everybody? It's your pal, Val, and welcome back to the show. We are really getting into this season. Um, This is the eighth episode. I think we have about five more episodes left, which is a hefty amount, I feel like. But still at the same time, like, the semester is almost over, and um, I'm getting excited for that. So... (laughs) Before we introduce our guest, I will give a little bit of a precursor and say this guest was on exactly a month ago today in a bigger group. And while you're listening to the song, maybe try to guess who you think it is (laughs) if you listen to that episode. And um, after the song plays, we will talk about the guest, why that guest picked the song. And yeah, so this song is called Armor by Sarah Barry Alice, I'm sorry. For Alice, okay, that's so bad of me. But here we go.
introduce our guest. Why don't you go ahead and say your name, see if those listening <laughs> guessed it correctly. Hi, I'm Catherine. Hello, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Val. <laughs> so why did you choose that song? Uh, Sarah Bareilles is one of my favorite artists of all time. She is incredible, and I love her voice and her music and everything. Um, and that song in particular, Armor, is important to me because of its message of I'm stronger than anything you can throw at me, especially being a woman that has to deal with so much crap in the world. Um, being a woman can be really difficult sometimes, and that song in particular is like, all right, so there are a bunch of men who are, and a bunch of people in general who are going to treat me really crappily, but I'm going to be stronger than that, and I'm going to fight back against it. And I really like that message, because that's also what I try to do. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the idea that, you know, you're stronger, I guess, than, like, that oppression or, like, yeah. what people are trying to force on you. Like, mm -hmm. you can rise above. And exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, before we get into, like, our interview, well, I guess it's already the interview, but, like, <laughs> just, just like, say, you know, where you're from. Maybe just give the audience a little mini idea about yourself. Sure. Um, I am a freshman here at Fairfield University. And I'm an undecided major, so I have no idea what I'm doing yet. Um, I am from North Andover, Massachusetts, so about half an hour north of Boston, if people know where that is. Um, I am the oldest of four kids, so I have three younger siblings. I'm the oldest of eight grandkids on my dad's side and 13 grandchildren on my mother's side, so I have a really large family that I love wow. very much and miss them very much when I'm here. Um... I'm a dancer. I love theater. I've been in a few theater shows here. I think that's about it. No, that's good. Like, that's actually <laughs> perfect because you don't even know what I was planning to ask you about. But, like, that you've touched on so much, which is okay. a perfect introduction to, like, an idea of what we're going to get into perfect. in this hour. So let's talk about, I mean, maybe not Fairfield specifically, but, like, your experience with it. Because yeah. I've talked a lot about my experience on this show and mm -hmm. how, like, especially the first semester, how my adjustment was, like, horrible. And 
I mean, I guess maybe it was the process, right, looking back. But I had a lot of people who came on the show and would talk about, you know, the things that they're doing here, how much they love it. And I just would look at them and be like, how do you function? Yeah, me too. And then I met you and I'm like, hey, kindred spirit. Yes. (laughs) And I think you're still like really in mm-hmm. in that yeah and you've talked to me about like transferring mm-hmm. and all of that so don't let me talk too much but <laughs> <laughs> why have you like reached that point of this might not be for me I okay back at orientation months ago that feels like almost ages a year ago, ago. <laughs> yeah. it feels like so long ago but back at orientation in the summer um I was having the worst time Mm -hmm. I for whatever reason just couldn't get into it I tried really hard to meet people I tried really hard to like just focus on being here and like okay I've got to meet people I've got to do this thing like this is where I'm going to be for the next four years so I've got to learn where the heck I'm going and like what the rules are here and what I'm doing but for whatever reason I just like couldn't keep it together there was a moment where do you remember um, sitting in like the indoor track or the gym? Oh and, my like, god! Stop. All the NSLs like, that literally happened thing. to me. Yeah, and I know what you're then, talking about. And then they moment. were like, um, "All right, now you're going to go into your orientation groups and you have to mm-hmm. separate from your parent." And as soon as they said that, I burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And like, my mom looked at me like, "What is going on? Why are you so upset?" And I just like couldn't keep it together the entire day. Um, and so. I guess that was kind of like a mini taste of what ended up actually happening my first semester was like I literally was having the hardest time keeping it together Mm -hmm. at all. Um, I knew that if I left at any point, there would be no way I was getting on that train coming back. I just like couldn't. I couldn't have my parents come visit me because if I did, then I knew I was going to beg them to take me back with them. Mm -hmm. And if I left... There was no way in hell I was getting back on that train to come back. Um, So, you know, I I did the things I was supposed to do. I went to class. I got involved. I joined dance. I joined theater. Theater actually is what kept me here, is that I, for fall break, we had, I had to come back early from fall break to get ready for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we had, that was our tech week, so we had our, like, first big dress rehearsal like that Tuesday or whatever um and that was the only reason I came back was that I had made that commitment and I had a show and like I had to do that show right and so I had the hardest time being here because I just didn't I didn't want to be here and that is for a lot of reasons I have a lot of complicated things at home um I have I mean I have a lot of siblings and a lot of cousins that I'm missing out on seeing all the time um so that was really hard and I just for whatever reason just couldn't see myself here I was physically here and yet I couldn't picture myself here and that was really hard to reconcile and be like okay so in your brain where are you yeah like that's a really hard thing to deal with no I completely hear where you're coming from and appreciate you know you being so honest and sharing that because it sounds like there was that definitive moment and I will say I had the exact moment too Mm -hmm. of like the tears my mom I like I was so emotional Mm -hmm. sitting in that chair 
and looking at like it was just a huge scene like it was almost like from a movie like there's rows and rows and rows of people and there's like speakers Mm -hmm. and you're sitting in this like big gymnasium and you're like uh i'm about to go off like (laughs) like what do i do here's where i leave the nest my graduation was a week ago like exactly Yes, and And I was very emotional. You know the scene um, in Pitch Perfect where they have the, like, the club fair? Yes. And, like, there's the whole, like, acapella moment. Mm Mm-hmm. When we had our, like, club fair here, there was no no acapella moment. But (laughs) I remember walking up to it and being like, wow, okay, this feels just like Pitch Perfect. There are so many people. There are so many tables. What am I doing here? (laughs) Like, in that order. Being, like, feeling sick to my stomach because I was like, I can't. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Um, but I will say that getting on anxiety medication helps. <laughs> That's good. No, seriously. Getting on anxiety medication, like, seriously helps. Um, for me, personally, I'm not saying everybody needs to do yeah. that. Like, please talk to your doctor before please. you, just, like, choose to so take meds. No, we encourage taking care <laughs> like, of your mental take health. Take care of yourself. Right. Um, and talk to people. I have a really great therapist that I was talking with all the time. Um a lot of my family was really good about being like, okay, how do we help you right now? Mm-hmm. How do we get you through this second? Just take it second by second. That's all you have to do. And I have a calendar in my room. I have a whiteboard calendar and I have a go home countdown. And every day, one more day comes off the go home countdown. And it helped. It really helps being able to picture, okay, looking at a calendar, I have to be here for three weeks. If I'm here for three weeks, I'm going to put my all into being here for three weeks and then I get to go home for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I get to be home. And then, yeah, I have to come back. But I can do it in increments. And I can do it in chunks like that. And so having a plan really helped me, too. So you're not alone if you're homesick. Like, truly, I know it's really cliche. And everyone says, like, oh, everyone goes through the same thing. But, like, a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, I love it here. And you're going to feel really alone. But you're not. Because I went through the exact same thing. I cried throughout the entire orientation. I guarantee you there are people feeling the exact same way you just got to find them no I agree I think that we were like so pressured to automatically love it and there's just there's just so much there I think it's a different experience for everybody Mm -hmm. and you've spoken a lot about just taking it as it comes Mm -hmm. and not trying to bite off more than you can chew because it's not about getting that orientation and be like how am I going to get through four years right because you you can't conceptualize that you don't know what challenges are going to be brought literally the first week from now like, yeah you don't exactly. know anything exactly and so. i learned that really fast i was like okay how do i get through four years nope nope <laughs> <laughs> you have to get through it one moment at a time because you really don't know anything up until you start it yeah that's true and i will say spoken as somebody who has over older siblings mm-hmm. has older cousins i think that it it will become normalized for yes. your family as, like, your younger right. siblings and cousins get to that age. And then you, in a sense, will have aged out of it. Right. And then that time will have passed for you. So I'm hoping, like, a little negative advice is just <laughs> literally take the time now. Right. You know, because yeah. they're all going to have their time. And then you don't want to look back and say, oh, man, look how much fun they're having now because you're the one who's normalizing right. it. Right, yeah. For and I, I have the, the chance to be like, okay, if a place doesn't work for you, do you have to stay there and make it work? And just get through the hell. Or if someplace really doesn't work, you can you can leave. Right. That's a choice you can make. And so that's also part of why I started and am applying for transfer is mm-hmm. because 
I want to set that example of like you don't have to stay a place that makes you really in a place that makes you really unhappy. You don't have to do that. Um, and I know that being the first makes it that much more complicated for literally my entire family, <laughs> including me. What um, do you mean by that? I mean that like I'm very close with my mom. Mm-hmm. So every time she drops me off at the train station, she and I are both crying. Okay. And I'm like, because I'm the first one, I'm setting the bar, but I'm also, like, the first one to have to go through any of it mm-hmm. in the new generation. Because, like, yeah, all my aunts and uncles and everybody, I'm not the first one to go to college. Everyone in my family has gone to college. I'm, we're all very lucky that we have, mm-hmm. that we've had that opportunity. Um, but to be the first one out of these 13 grandkids on my mom's side that everyone is looking up to and also, like, there's a bit of pressure with that. I was going to say, that sounds there's, like a lot of pressure. There, there's a lot of pressure with that. Um, and I love them very much, but there is a lot of, like, okay, I have to do my best because I'm setting the bar and I have to set a good example. Well, I will say that is noble of you because you are a role model for so many people in your life. Like, that is insane, the amount yeah. of people that you have looking up to you. Yeah. Personally. It's, it, it's a lot. <laughs> and familiarly, too. Yeah. Because, like, you can, you know, have younger people who are in your life, but that doesn't necessarily, like, tie you to them right. in the way that family does. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely interesting, but also knowing that everybody has a different experience. Right, exactly. So when I came to college, I kind of did look to my older siblings Mm -hmm. and to what they experienced, but also, like, in ways I kind of knew what to expect, which is why me coming in here was, like, not a huge deal in the way that some people were Mm -hmm. shocked about certain things, where I was like, well, you just live with a stranger. I mean, that's how it works. Right. Not that I was comfortable with that. Right, but, but, like, that's a thing you know happens yes and i know it's not all like everybody becomes besties with their roommates right no god you hear so many horror stories (laughs) right so (laughs) yeah yeah and i think honestly it's not i hope it's the pressure is not my experience is going to be their experience so that i have to make it best for them i don't i don't think it's that i think it's more of like a pressure that i put on myself of like what do i want the message to be from this of like yeah you go in and you try things and you just you figure it out and you communicate about what you need and I think that that in particular is something that older generations struggle with of like if something isn't working you don't change it you just stick with it and fight through it Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people now especially in our generation are like no you can't talk to me that way or no I'm my boundary is that I get off work at five I'm not looking about at my work email until tomorrow morning yeah like it's just not happening and so I think a lot of us are getting a lot better about putting those boundaries in and picking and choosing the experiences that we want to have um and we're all going to go through graduate experiences like that's part of life life has its ups and downs um but I I do think that a lot of the pressure that I feel is more self-imposed no that's the biggest thing like you're your own biggest critic you're your own person that puts the most pressure on yourself absolutely and I think there's a degree of like that's awesome for motivation but sometimes that can come to a point where it's crippling it can absolutely be crippling and I think that I mean, you brought up a good point of, like, okay, you live with a stranger. And I got really lucky. Erin and I... (laughs) (laughs) We're all friends here. We're all friends. Um, But Erin and I get along really well. Mm -hmm. And she and I 
we have vastly different schedules and we do vastly different things. But at the end of the day, we both come back to our room and we talk for a little bit and we go to sleep. And, like, that works for us. Um, and so you have to find your balance. And there is a, a learning curve in terms of, like, okay, how do I live with someone else? How do I live in a dorm? How do I use a communal shower? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to – I don't – have my own shower now. I have to like bring a shower caddy and I have to wear a robe and like bring my towel with me. And like, that's the thing you have to get used to doing. Um, I had done that before I went to a private high school and for COVID they told us, okay, you can either live on campus or you can stay at home and have online classes. And I learned better in person. So I lived on campus. And so I knew how to live in a dorm, but college living is very different from high school living. High school living has a lot more rules. College living is like, do whatever you want. And there are quiet okay. hours sometimes. <laughs> okay. So it's very much more like, I mean, you are minors in high school. If you right. Think exactly. about it. And in college, I think it's like, you know, you have students supervising other students in terms of like the way the RAs work. Right. The RAs on our floor, on our, in our dorm were adults. Okay. Were teachers who had apartments connected to the dorms and that's where they lived mm-hmm. on campus. Um, those were their homes. And so a dorm parent would be on duty at night. And, like, if you needed something, you'd knock on their door, um, and they would do check-in at 8 and at 10. And you had to be, like, in your room at 10. And if you were loud past then, then you, like, got a talking to, <laughs> with air quotes around that, um, depending on how good or bad you were. But, like, there was a lot more rules than there are here. Okay. So in what ways do you think that that helped you coming into this experience? I figured out how to live independently in a lot of ways. I knew, I mean, I knew how to do my laundry beforehand, but, like, how do I do laundry when living with a bunch of other people in a dorm? Trying to do it at the same time. Right, exactly. If we're all trying to do it at the same time and there's only seven washers, how do you make that work? How do you choose which time works for you? Um, How do you have, like, basic respect and decency for other people if people are being really loud at midnight 2 a.m like that's really frustrating um so like learning to live with other people just in not necessarily in the same room but like in the same general space and general vicinity Uh was definitely something that like I came to Fairfield and I was like okay I'm glad I know how to do this because if I didn't I feel like I would have felt even more alone in a lot of ways um it also helped yeah. in terms of, like, when I was looking at schools, a lot of people were worried about, like, oh, what does a dorm look like? And whenever I walked into a dorm, I was like, yeah, okay. I right. know this. This, yeah. this feels about right. Yeah. That checks out. So yeah. That was good. Yeah. I mean, if I had seen the dorm that I would be living in before I, well, I came, I'd be like, oof, smaller than I thought. Right. Especially because we do live in the smallest rooms on campus. But at the same are time. Are jokes the smallest? Yes, they I are the smallest. Room. No, they're, they're definitely the smallest by a lot. But. I know that. But you know what? I feel like you can't change, like judge your experience just based off of like the room that you're staying in because right. you're not supposed to be in the room for more than sleeping or like you know obviously relaxing. But just I spend all my time in my room. I know, I know. <laughs> no judgment here, but I think like the idea is you're not right, always yes. in your room. Like right. that's the idea. Yeah. So like, like you should be going out and doing other things, and I do do other things. I don't mean to say I'm a hermit because I'm not. You do, yes. Yeah, so you are I involved. Do other You're very involved. I am involved. <laughs> so, no, yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing about college, which is mm-hmm. we are not only trying to get along with different people who are from different places than us, 
I mean, granted, Fairfield's not super diverse right. in that regard. So, Which like, I have problems with, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, yes. But I think that we still, I, I mean, I've still met people who are international Absolutely, students yeah. or from different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, I think it's interesting that we're not only call, like asked to work with them in an academic setting, but also to cohabitate with them yeah. 24-7. Not only like just eating in the same places, showering in the same places, but also like sleeping next to a different person that you literally did not know 10 months ago. Like literally the first night you're at college is like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now with a stranger in the bed next to me. Okay. All right. I guess it's (laughs) happening. Like, yes, that's a thing that you don't really think about having to do until you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And if you say it out loud like that, it's kind of a weird thing that we all do. And did you have a roommate in high school as well? I did. So my best friend and I in, in high school roomed together. We could choose okay. her junior year. So you know. Um, so I, I knew her really well. Um, and she and I got along really well in terms of, like, Let figuring out, yeah. you know, do you need the room to yourself? Okay, I'll, I'll leave. I'll, I'll go to the library. Like, that's okay. Right. Um, there were also, like, a lot more rules in terms of, like, because it was COVID, we couldn't leave campus. But mm-hmm. even without COVID, like, there are rules of, like, when you can and can't leave campus and who you can la- leave with. And here it's like, okay, you can get on the stag bus and leave whenever you want. Or you can get an Uber. <laughs> I mean, you can get an Uber and never come back and nobody, you know. Nobody would know. Yeah. I mean. Well, people would know. People but, would know. But, like. Yes. There's no one that you have to check in with and being like, okay, I'm leaving now. Yeah, like, there's no you know, repercussions beyond your own self for not, you know, it's like your own personal responsibilities. I don't mean to say that, like, no one's going to notice if you're abducted because, yes, people will notice. Like, if you don't show up to your classes and, like, your roommate notices you're missing, like... That's going to, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's like, you know, the police report will be filed. Not to worry. (laughs) I hope no one has been abducted at Fairfield University. I hope not. But I I can't confirm that fact, personally. I I can't either. I I don't don't have the knowledge. I don't have that stats. (laughs) I don't have those. But, like, I know that, I mean, I'm sure there are still students out there whose parents will probably, like, that might be parental repercussions that way. But speaking from somebody who's had a little bit more of, like, an independent Mm -hmm. choice in life, that's on me if I choose to get in the car and go. Like, what am I, that's, the only things I'm dealing with are not going to be that high school teacher coming and cracking down the whip because you can't leave a 16-year-old roaming around random places because that's illegal. Especially when you think about freshmen are 14. Yeah. So oh, I didn't like, even realize you had that young. Yeah. Right. So, like, because it's a high school, you've got 14 to 18-year-olds mm-hmm. there, generally speaking. And so if you've got these really young kids, like, 14 is still really young. That's insane. No, and it's not, like, to say that, you know, teenagers can't be independent or do things right. on their no, own. Like, but you but are, are legally good. required to, yeah. like, have a place to stay and sleep and people to feed you because at 14 years old, you're not allowed to get your own job. Right. It's and illegal. Like, you can't drive. You can't get anywhere. And so, like, there are some things that, yeah, the rules are really good for those 14-year-olds, but by the time you're senior, you're like, okay, I'm a little sick of this. So going to college feels like a good step in mm-hmm. terms of, like, living, starting yeah. to live on your own. So was there anything from that experience that you feel like was a downfall, like, coming in, you know, maybe – you were either already so adjusted that you didn't think anything of it or was there something that you didn't account for that you already have this experience coming into this experience? Uh, that's a good question. Like, the I answer could be no. I hadn't really thought about that. I guess, like, my experience with dorm living had been COVID-based. Mm-hmm. So, like, we could 
of course, we didn't have to have masks on in our own rooms. But if you went to go brush your teeth or go to take a shower, you had to put a mask on in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you took it off while you shower, but then you had to put it back on to go back through the hallway to go back to your room. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there have been times where I, like, go to get to get in the shower and, like, I have my robe on, I have my towel, I have my shower can, I'm like, I'm missing something, I'm missing something. Do I need it? No, I don't need a mask anymore. <laughs> that's not a thing I have to do. Um, so I guess, like, that's an amusing piece that I hadn't really expected. Um, I guess I was so comfortable with, like, living in a dorm that... And I feel really bad about this, but, like, it's part, okay, of me feels, part of me feels like I kind of took over the room a little bit. I'm really sorry, Erin, if I did. Uh, if you're listening to this... Um, because I just kind of, like, stayed in the room all the time. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't go out and, like, go to activities, because I did, and I joined theater and, like, joined dance and did my things. Um, but, like, I was already so comfortable with being in a dorm with other people that, like, staying in bed and staying in my room didn't really seem like a big deal to me. And I feel like I, I see so what you're saying because that. it's like this is to everybody who might not have had that experience before. It was like, let me out. It's like almost right. like being caged animal. You're like, I want to go explore the places where I can be right. free versus for you. You're sorry. You're already so immersed in that that you're like, why do I need to go out? This is my safe place. Almost right. like, like my room became the safe haven. Right. Because I think that sometimes, you know, it's perfectly normal to be at home and be like, OK, I'm staying home for the night. Right. But home for the night is four walls. Right. <laughs> here. Right. So, like, you can't just pop open. Oh, I guess maybe. Like, but there's not going to be I mean, a four-course meal for you. I mean, our doors don't stay open. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, you can just pop open the fridge. I mean, you can have snacks in your room. But, like, you're not going to be able to, like, cook yourself a meal. Right. You're not going to be able to just, like, I don't know. I mean, most of us, I feel like, don't have TVs in our rooms. Maybe some people do. But I, I feel like some people do. But most of us in jokes don't. The jokes rooms are kind of tiny for that. And so, you know, you just yeah. you can't really... I don't know, walk around, mosey around, even going to the bathroom. We don't. We have to go to a communal bathroom, which right. is stepping outside of our personal space to go right. into a shared space to do a normal activity right. that had you been in a home environment, you wouldn't have to go out into the world to do. Right, exactly. And it it is a thing that you have to get used to, but also, like, if you're already so used to doing that sort of thing, not only does it feel normal, but it's also, like, that's the... That and going to class were the two normal things that I knew how to do Mm -hmm. in this entirely brand new space that I, like, I'd go to class and I'd go do my theater or whatever and I'd go to my room and I'd stay in my room because those were, that was safe and I didn't have to, like, put on the mask there. Right. Whereas, like, going to meals was really hard because I didn't feel comfortable being super social and being out there all the time right and i think that's definitely an interesting thing because we're we're asked in this environment to mm-hmm. meet people and talk to people constantly whether we know them or right. we've just met them or we're meeting new people all the time it's just asked of us professors fellow students mm-hmm. just literally running into people that you don't even know there's people everywhere right literally everywhere i will walk out of jokes and even now, like, I'll be lucky if I know, like, two people walking out at the same time as me. Because mm. there are so many people yeah. just in general here. People you got to say thank you t- to holding the door open. You know? <laughs> like, just, like, manners. Right, exactly. There's going to always be people in the library at any given mm-hmm. time. There's always going to be people in the dorm at any given time. There's going right. to be people in the dining hall. There's going to be people in the study spaces and the academic right. buildings. Like, they're just everywhere. 
And so I think it's funny, like, going out at night when you don't see people as much. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Right, but, like, like, if you, you still take a walk see around people. campus at night, it's like, oh, it feels eerie. There was one point where we had a long weekend. I think it was President's Day last mm-hmm. month. And I stayed here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go home because I was going home the next weekend for my sister's show. And um, campus was literally like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. There were very few of us left on campus. And I remember walking around and being like, this is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting thing. And I honestly thank you for speaking to that experience that you've mm-hmm. had. Because, you know, I think that as we're moving through, it might seem more normal to have been adjusted by March, you know, right. like middle of second semester. But I think that the entire college experience is constant adjustment because right, constant back changing. and forth, back and forth. And I think we're going to really get a huge sense of that mm-hmm. with a, the longest break that we've had and then right. being asked to come back from that. And also there is an adjustment in terms of feeling like, okay, home is now a place I visit. It's not where I am 24-7. And that's part of becoming independent. That's part of learning to become an adult and living on your own and transitioning from being a child and relying on your parents and becoming an adult and living in the real world and having an apartment on your own and going to work and doing those things that you're supposed to do. That's part of the transition piece. But to wrap your mind around, okay, home used to be a place I was at all the time. And now home is a place I visit. Whereas before, school was a place I visit and I live at home. Now I live at school and I do school and home is a place I visit. It's hard. It is interesting. And I think that especially when you have people that you live with that you're close to, it's difficult to be away from them. But I am now looking at it more as home is not a place. It's a feeling. Yes. And I can still talk to the people that make home home. And I can bring that with me wherever I am because in essence, it's a part of me. Mm -hmm. So where I am is where home is. Yeah. And obviously, like, the people that I used to live with 24-7 enrich that experience, right. who I am grateful to live with. But at the same time, this is, we are so fortunate. Like, can you imagine back in the day when people would, like, move out west and be like, bye, mom and dad, see you never. I'm going to go build my homestead in right. Wyoming. Right, yeah, it was... Maybe I can't imagine letter. having to do that. Yeah, like... And oh, like a letter. It's what letters took months. And yeah, right? All of that. I can't imagine having to do that. Now I get to, like, just call my mom whenever on my on my phone. And FaceTime, too. Yeah, FaceTime which is really helpful. It's something that did not exist, like, what is it, 15 years ago at this point? Yeah, or maybe I Skype. Know. I don't know. But before computers, definitely within this century, um, which is before yeah, our imagining. Literally within, like, the past 50 years. 30, maybe? Well, I'm thinking of, like, specifically FaceTime. When computers were invented... And then, like, even Skype, like, wasn't I feel a like, thing yeah. for a while. I think, like, within the past 20 years, like, both of those have really... Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember my parents having Blackberries, not having iPhones. Yes, I remember that, too. And I don't think that was, like, a capability of the average person. Right. I think that maybe some people got online, but most people right, didn't. most people didn't have cell phones. Like, that wasn't a thing that people did. Now, like... And now it's children have iPads. <laughs> Instead of being like, I'm going on a phone call, it'd be like, I'm FaceTiming. Like, it's literally... Right, yeah, like, like, yeah. So it's definitely an interesting experience, and I thank you for speaking to that because I think it's constantly adjusting. And it's mm-hmm. also like making steps forward and then regressions, taking yeah. steps back because there are going to be times when you have a weekend and you're like, wow, this is harder than it was in October. Right. Why is this? And so it's just constantly And some people, adjusting. you know, they get to college and the first few weeks they're like, yeah, I love this. And then all of a sudden it hits them and they're like, I, I'm really homesick. And that's okay too. Everyone has their own experience. And yeah. being homesick 
is completely normal. And also loving it immediately is completely normal too. Like everybody is going to have their own ups and downs and that's an okay thing to do. No two people ever have the exact same experience. And so the whole idea of comparison is just something that we need to strip from our minds because it's so easy for us to say, how am I doing in relation to other people? But you don't even really truly know how those other people are doing. So we really can only compare ourselves to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And even in that, I would you know, put a big, like, warning because, you know, we've all been through so much. We're Mm -hmm. human beings and we need to give ourselves a little bit more room to, like, grow and not that pressure. Give yourself some grace. Yeah. That's okay. Yes. 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 So, that being said, I hope you stay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We're working on it. I think, you know. We'll see what happens. The podcast wants to see you next year. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see the podcast next year. Yeah. And it's just, like, interesting because i there is a boundary of you know if something is so horrible Mm -hmm. there is courage and stepping away from that yeah but there's also like we don't want to get ourselves to a point where and you're not this person obviously the fact that you're here this long uh, or as long as you've Mm -hmm. been dealing with what you've been dealing with you have to give stuff enough time to like be bad get through the suck for it to get better because if we're constantly staying in the same stagnant place there's not really room for growth. Right. Like, if I was still in high school right now, I don't think I would have made as many strides in my Correct. own personal life. Yeah. As I have. I fully agree with you. I think that I was having a really hard time, especially for a semester, in terms of, like, okay, it's five weeks until fall break. How am I supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. But also knowing, okay, stay for the year. And that feels like a really long time at the beginning of the year, but we're literally five weeks away from the end of the semester, and that feels... Where did the time go? I'm right. lost. Um, so to have – to be able to give yourself the grace of saying, okay, I'm here. I'm going to take it a second at a time. And if it's not the right place, I will know and I can leave. But I also have to be able to figure out the transition too. And there's a big transition period. A lot of, I think the first year in particular is a really big transition period. People say the first semester. I think, no, I think it's the full year. And mm-hmm. I, I think that it's okay to take a full year to adjust to a place and to figure, figure things out, out place right? and to figure out Give it some time. who you want to be and mm-hmm. where you're going to go. And you don't know four years from now at the end of senior year, what major will I, will I have <laughs> done and what... Will I have gone abroad to study, to do a study abroad trip? Will I have done more dance? Will I have done more theater? Will I try something completely new? And that that's really exciting, but it's also really scary. And it's okay for it to be both of those things. So to give your, yourself the, the grace and the space to be like, okay, I, I need to make the transition, and I've got to get through the transition is hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. And I do think that part of figuring out life mm-hmm. is the fun of it. Right. Because we're not supposed to know everything that's ahead of us. Because Absolutely. at that point, you're just like working towards a goal and right. it's not really, there's no serendipity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yes, I think that it's, and especially like being an undecided major, like that takes courage to not mm-hmm. be like, I am a psych major or a nursing major or a math major. I'm not calling out any of those people who love those things. That's incredible. I'm glad you know what you want to do. I have no idea. But I think that there are so many people who are confident in this is what I'm doing so I can get this occupation and I right. know this is absolutely for sure what I want. 
And I just think that we need to all be more comfortable in the unknown. And it's hard. It's a difficult space because we like to satisfy mm-hmm. our brain's curiosity. Right. But for me, I'm sitting in a place now where it's like I have to admit to myself maybe something that I thought was right for me before mm-hmm. is not anymore. Right. And I know what I enjoy and I'm kind of going in that general vicinity. But mm-hmm. I'm also leaving a ton of room for other right. things that I'm learning about and yeah. realizing that I now enjoy mm-hmm. to take up space. Right. And also like – you're only 18, 19 when you go to college, when you're applying to college. And so when colleges are like, what major would you want to choose? When I looked at that, I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 18. I can't choose what, I, what I'm going to want to be when I'm 40. Like, that feels so far away to me. So f- going in undecided feel, felt like, and it still feels like, the best choice for me in particular because I get to try all these different classes and mm-hmm. I don't have to like yeah I have the core curriculum the magic core that I have to follow but at the same time I get to try all these different things and see okay I really like this Catholicism and gender class do I want to go into more of a gender route or oh I really like this communications class do I want to go into communications or oh I tried this math class I really don't like math I know I'm not going to go into math I know I'm not a STEM right. person like so to be able to have those choices and to learn that is actually really nice, and I mm-hmm. I wish a lot more people would do it. And I think that it's awesome that you're not coming in with that preconceived mm-hmm. notion of, oh, I've chosen communications, I better like it. Right. And then when you realize, like, oh, I re- I'm pulling being pulled in this other direction, but I don't have space in my major requirements right. to f- pursue that, it creates this kind of like dissonance in our minds where it's mm-hmm. like, this is what I actually enjoy, but this is what I thought I wanted. Right. And then that creates a whole other subversion mm-hmm. process. Of course, yeah. Where you're trying to like reconcile that you don't want to do this anymore instead of just being like, I don't know in the first place and then right, just yeah. going where your heart tells you. Yeah. So, But it's okay to change your mind or oh, think absolutely. that you want of something. Of course it is. It's just, it gets messy. It does. And then, you know, I think it's fun how, like, you can look back and say, wow, it all led to this. Yeah, see, yes. Which is, is part fun. of what I experience, like, I appreciate about the high school and, you know, just whole grammar school, like, K through 12 being done. Because I can, like, look at that now yes. as a complete arc. Yes. And granted, there might be parts of it that weave mm-hmm. in and out Absolutely, going yeah. But I can look at it and be like, wow, kindergarten me did not know that 12th grade me was going to have done all of these things. And, and I can look at it and just be like wow because I know what I enjoyed then still enjoy it now I'm still me but so much has changed. right yeah and also like kindergarten me thought that college age kids were so old we're really not <laughs> I mean but when you're six years old you hear the word 20 or the number 20 you're like your grandma you I, know yeah mm-hmm. yes. so yeah. It, it's just hard to conceptualize time at that age because you barely even know what four five years of life is like because yeah. you don't remember being one two three you can only look at what's right in front of you. Yeah. Which in a way is kind of like maybe that's how we all should be living. Yeah. I mean there's a a child's innocence and how they view the world mm-hmm. is how I wish we all would view the world still. Stay gold pony boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like yes, but like <laughs> but even like the idea of like the world the idea of having the world be perfect or the idea of why can't we all just love each other is deep philosophical an innocent question question that has so many problems in the real world but like if we all could look at each other with a little bit more empathy like that i feel like the world would be a better place 
for sure. Empathy is definitely a superpower that I think not enough people have learned Agreed. to adopt. Agreed. But before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about your insane dance performance <laughs> on Saturday. For those who don't know, Catherine is in Feud, which is Fairfield University's dance oh my gosh dance <laughs> dance yes and she was in a number of numbers <laughs> just two i was only well the finale two so i guess three but yes and i think you're amazing i you've Thank expressed you. something you love you've already yes. talked about it a little bit but something that like i did not realize being a member of the audience i mean i've gone to like the rockettes and um i think like dance recitals at a younger yeah. age like maybe being six watching my older sisters but I did not realize the power of dance as an art form. It's insane, right? Like, maybe I'm behind in just, like, understanding no. this is an art. But I did not realize how powerful it was, mm-hmm. the music combined with the movement, and, like, how emotional it could yeah. be. I'd, I mean, this was, like... I mean, you guys did an excellent job. Thank you. But this is not like we're at the European World Circuit. No, of course And not. I'm sitting here and I'm like, these are we're college, college students, students yeah. going to class on Monday throughout the whole week, mm-hmm. making time for this. How is this so beautiful? Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. We spent a lot of time on it. Um, but yeah, I really, I really believe that dance in particular is a really important art form. I've, I've been doing it since I was two because I love it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my main form of like exercise because it's a sport and an art form in my mm-hmm. mind because um, conditioning is a lot of work. No, it is. <laughs> it's like it's definitely in it's that. It's insane, yeah. Yes. Um, but no, seriously, because I'm looking at this and you always think about music as being a healing <laughs> way. Or I mean, you know, art is, in my opinion, something that – you know, can be used for a multitude of reasons, but I always like to look at it as, like, a way of healing. Yeah, absolutely. And a way that people can just see themselves represented yeah. in a way that the world doesn't always show necessarily the most real things, especially in interactions one-on-one or yeah. with other people. So, like, music is something I feel like that we thought about. Film, television, all of that, I feel like we recognize that as being, you know, important to people. But I just, I never really felt like dance was represented on that same level to me. Agreed. Like, I would say it was art before if somebody asked me, but I'm looking at this now and I'm like, this truly, really Mm -hmm. is art. Yeah. And you have to, you don't really get it until you're sitting there in the audience and watching it and being like, oh, wow, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Or like, if you're physically doing it. And um, I remember being in the auditions and looking around at all these other girls and being like, Okay, we're all entirely different people, but we're all here because we love to dance, mm-hmm. and that is really powerful. And That's to have beautiful. a to have a a group of people be like, "All right, let's get together and let's just do this thing. Let's just work together, and we're gonna figure out the choreography, and we're gonna move together." It takes a lot of trust and human beings that you've never met before, and it it's really powerful when you look at a group of people on stage doing that. It's really cool. And I think it's beautiful, too, because when you're in, you know, your younger grades kind of doing something as an extracurricular activity, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's easier to move through the motions and kind of say, like, oh, I've always done this, so I'll keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when you come to college, you are making a conscious choice amidst all of the new things that you're doing, all the things that you're being asked of that Mm -hmm. you've never been asked before to continue this. Yeah. So you're surrounded by kindred spirits of people who are literally within them would not be doing something. (laughs) 
Well, we just received an, uh, a, a visitor, Erin, but <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making a good point. She's listening. There's like a seven okay. second delay, so that's probably all right, all why. Right. But I'm making a good point here. And you that is, you wouldn't all be there if you didn't have that same realization that I just came to three days ago. Right. That this is so powerful. This mm-hmm. is meaningful. This is important. Yes. And it's about something bigger than you. And you can make a really big point with an art form, whether that be a sculpture you make, a drawing, a painting, a play, a musical, music in general, or dance. Dance can be really powerful, and it has always been, for me, an emotional release. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has always been really important to me and a form of expression. And I think that not enough people realize that, oh, this expression not only a self-expression, but it is important for other people to see, too, because they can connect to it as well. I agree. That was beautiful. You summed it up <laughs> And honestly, right on time. Imagine that. <laughs> because Catherine has to go I do. be a volunteer. It's volunteer, right? Yeah. Well, it's for a class, but I volunteer at, a, at an elementary school. So I work in a third grade classroom, and I love those kids very much, so I have to go do that. She has to go serve the youth and be an important <laughs> member of society. I will so, go do that. I thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I think it's so funny to look back at the Snow Day special and to yes. now see it as a reference point for yes. what's now been a trio of episodes that have occurred because Charlotte was first on, then Mia, then you. Who knows who's next? Who knows next? who's next? <laughs> But Someone I think will be back. it's awesome yes, to see. Thank like, you for having me. And of course, thank you so much for being on. Go enjoy your kiddos. I will. And yes, thanks will. for the conversation. It was wonderful. Thank you. Bye, Catherine. Bye. Okay, listeners, hang on for one second because Catherine has requested that I play a song on her way out. And I'm going to play it. It's about four minutes. So just sink into your seats. Let it relax you. And then after that, we will close out the episode. So this song is called The Starting Line by keen <laughs> this town was our lover's stage but now you can't recognize the street lights that are daggers to your eyes Can't find your bearings You're slipping into the ground The scene has no colour and no sound Do you still believe in me After the things I've done Do you fear for what we have become The ground is uneven We stumble from
So that was Starting Line by Keen, and I think it was a really great way to close out the episode. Just one more time, I want to thank Catherine so much for coming on the show. It's always interesting to hear what people have to say, and I really appreciate people who are so open and honest about their life experiences just the way that she was. I think that it encourages encourages us all to do that in day-to-day life and to realize that at the end of the day, we're just all human beings interacting with one another. So there really is no point in not being genuine, and um, we only have this one life to live, so let's... Let's be real and authentic in it. And that's why I started the show in the first place. So um, just remember that your words matter. Stories are meant to be told. We'll be back next week from 1 to 2. So make sure you check in on, in on the episode. And if you don't get to, don't forget that. We're all online, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And go ahead and leave a review. That's what I'm asking now. Because you know what? Why the heck not? If you enjoy the show, please let me know. Um, that's pretty much it. So bye for now, pals. It's Val signing off and I'll see you next time. Bye.